Hi everyone, welcome to episode 10 of the Panic K2 Performance Fix podcast. In today's podcast, we are going to be talking about high-performance cultures. And today, we have a good friend of Planet K2, also in the Planet K2 Hall of Fame. We've got Angus Jenkins. How are you, Angus? I'm really well. Kia ora, good morning to you from Auckland, New Zealand. Brilliant, yeah, thank you. Well, good evening, I should say. Um, it is quite amazing to see that we can use technology and we are still being able to connect. And it, it's great to have you on the um, podcast. I thought it'd be really interesting just to see if you could give people a bit of background about yourself, also maybe some of the work you've done with us, um, just so that people can learn a bit about you. Absolutely. Well, thank you for that. So, as I mentioned, I'm now in, in Auckland. It's a, a one-year anniversary since um, moving back from the UK. I'm currently working for Fonterra, which is the world's um, the biggest dairy ex- exporter uh, in the world of um, HR still, um, specifically focused on our velocity and innovation team. Uh, but in my 16 years in the UK, um, for most of that time, I've been in contact and worked with and partnered with my wonderful friends and family at K2. So broadly within the HR world, uh, on the entire time I was in the UK, uh, specifically um, starting off in HR business partnering and then went through to more sort of senior directorships and so forth. But um, my real sweet spot was in, uh, in performance and talent and leadership and learning. So that is where the marriage with K2 and the work with them uh, on various programs and initiatives really came to life. And so we've done some really fun stuff together. And, and uh, I think some of the questions I'm sure you'll, you'll ask me about, we'll, we'll tease some of those examples and experiences out. Awesome. Brilliant. Yeah, well, it sounds like you know, you, you've worked with us for a long time and it, it's incredible to see what you've done and, and where you're at now. So today we're discussing high-performance cultures. Um, quite interested to know, I, I think today is really about getting people to understand you know, how you approach them and also taking away some really practical um, tips that they can use and, and maybe try in their own environment. What's your experience yeah, sure. of high-performance cultures um, and have you experienced it a range of, of cultures? Yeah, good question. Look, in various guises, most companies profess to having high-performance culture, and yet typically they really mean they're chasing results through KPIs without fundamentally understanding and unlocking how they get there. So it's the classic results versus performance differentiation. I think few cultures truly and overtly help people get a really deep understanding of self with them as individuals, and that is the secret to really unlocking the insight, to driving excellent, um, consistent, and sustainable performance. So that would, for me, would be the, um, the pinnacle and the panacea, which I don't think most organizations get to. Mm-hmm. And have you done work, would you think, that has helped to move a culture to high performance? Well, that's been my burning ambition, especially for, say, the last four or five organizations. And look, frankly, I've had some mixed success. I think from fundamental rethink and, fund, and, and pivot of, sort of ideology and practices through to just some tinkering around the existing processes. And, and there's lots of reasons why through that spectrum you play in certain spaces. Um, but first and foremost, um, I think um, some of the work that I've done was really stripping back some of the, the language and terminology and principles to get back to, to basics. And particularly with with the leadership management population. So we knew what we were talking about and knew what we were exploring. Because if you've been in a business, you know, in cases where I am now, where you've got graduates coming in who've never really experienced in a corporate world through those, say, baby boomer leaders and executives who've been doing this for 20, 30 years, you've got everything in between around 
really getting back to understanding what this all means for you in a really simple um, way that people resonate with. And that's the first challenge because the reality is there's a bunch of misnomers, misinformation, I dare say myths about performance that businesses, whether intentionally or otherwise, reinforce in their cultures. So for example, you know, it's the case if someone is technically strong and you hire someone because they're brilliant at what they do technically, then they'll just perform. But without really understanding how they might deploy their skills or what things in their performance context may trigger great performance or not, or dare I say, understanding their motivation. I mean, how many times do the managers and individuals go into that conversation when they have um, explored their performances as, as what you know, triggers their emotion or, and or not? You know, those sort of um, elements are, are not overtly talked about consistently. So, you know, there's, there's lots of different things that um, I think organizations can do, but whether they do that in a sustainable way is, is, is a key question. And I'm, I'm quite interested. You mentioned sort of the, the younger people coming through and graduates. Do you, do you think they, do they have an understanding of, of high performance cultures? Do you, do you think it's, it's hard for them to, to grasp that or would you think it's the job of the businesses to introduce that to them? What's your sort of views or opinions on that? I think everything's relative, and you, and you bring it down to a really um, a relevant and an appropriate example to bring it to life. So I think in the business community, you can always step outside our bubble and go into the sporting fraternity, arts, culture, wherever they may draw affinity to, or other business leaders, for example, and bring it to life that way. So, you know, Generation Zers, uh, millennials, and so forth, they just want to make sense of it and, and bring their theory into practice. And because they haven't got the legacy and because they haven't been through um, various performance processes and, and organizations, they're coming in very fresh. But they'll also have the rigor to be able to push back and go, this doesn't quite make sense for them. Um, so as long as you bring it to life in, in, in a really simple, effective, and, and pragmatic way that really resonates with them, they get it really quickly. And then they can, they'll some, become some of the, the fans or at least the advocates that you, you want to be sort of um, growing throughout the organization. And so it sounds like in some ways it's, it's about having that, that connection and, and that relationship. So it's trying to, like you said, bring it to life and, and get them to understand it. But does, does that sound right? Oh, absolutely. Like if, I, if I go back, you know, dare I say almost 20 years ago to when I was a graduate and, and how I learned or in brackets not learned um, formal performance reviews and the processes that I, I sort of, I mean, they, they never sat well with me. I mean, they were terrible. And, you know, for people on the call that maybe from my, from my uh, first jobs, and I, I apologize up front, a uh, health check, but uh, no, I don't actually. Because actually the, the, that way that I didn't learn or that felt clunky, it felt very um, parent-child, it felt very done to, it just didn't resonate with me. I think that little that disconnect stuck with me. So when I fast forward those years to, to being that questioner, to being that you know black hat thinking and going, this really doesn't work for me. And then going to my management positions and my leadership positions when, when people just hated performance management, you go through that horrible twice annual process and, and understanding that I get why people are frustrated. So I think when you, when you go through your career and you pick up all this information to then try and make sense of it, which is what I did in the sort of the mid to latter part of my career was going, okay, let's take a step back what is it that's going on here? It's a process that all organizations do that according to research, 95% of organizations hate for various guys you know, in various levels. Um, and so when you take a step back and ask the question, why, how could it be different in the experience for both the manager, for the individual, for the leaders and, and so on and so forth. 
And that's what helped me develop such a burning passion for what I do now. So in a way, as much as, yes, there was um, some very, I suppose, some discord uh, and some unease and some just genuine frustration through my career with the world of performance management, so the words I love hating the most, um, it did help cement um, my direction and beliefs and, and principles that I adopt now. And, you know, and I hope to then link that back to the point around uh, millennials and um, those Generation Zers who are coming into the workforce that are really questioning the way to do stuff. And if you give them a, a brand new insight through a, a, a lens that actually really works, you know, they, they don't know what, um, you, you pass that forward, right? That's all great thing about being a leader and you can help educate them and inspire them to know what great really looks like instead of having to go through the pain of all those rubbish processes. Hmm. And, and on the topic of, you know, people and relationships, are there any important lessons you've learned about who the key people are who help create and maintain a high performance culture? Oh, yes. Fundamentally, all roads will always lead to leadership. So any performance culture will only succeed if leaders take responsibility for their performance, role model great performance, and create the right conditions for those who follow them to thrive. It's as simple as that. Now, getting leaders to really go there, wow, now that's the art. Um, it, there's a science involved as well. Um, but to push themselves, explore, to discover, you know, that is the only way, in my view, for them to be able to scale the application of their knowledge, their insight, um, and to help their teams, their functions and organizations properly learn. So supporting them with advocates, you know, with people who are passionate, um, and also successful performers who are also going through that learning journey, and to help become that contagion around them, so it becomes a part of a movement, do I say? That, for me, is the, the most critical of all lessons. Everything else becomes are so almost superficial because once you get the leaders and that growing mass of individuals to explore high performance at a really deep um, specific and personal lens for them the rest is history hmm. and and what what's your role being in supporting these people and, and and you know which bits of supporting people within a high performance culture do you do you find that you enjoy the most hmm. i just i've loved seeing the penny drop uh from people make connections and particularly those deep nourishing and sort of consequential insights and it's just amazing i love it that, that, that's what keeps my fire burning that's why i've loved learning for so so many years um so look when people uh, realize the benefits uh and particularly when they they go uh far deeper or faster or or longer than they ever have and whatever you know job they're doing and so forth you know that that's just that's awesome right when you when you see it being realized so for example you know when you when you give someone basic insights about what they consume um how they consume it when they consume it, and so forth and they marry that with when they rest recover and recharge and therefore the impact on their energy look you may be talking about that in a work context but when they come and speak to you and they're they're completely elated because they're realizing, hold on, this impact on my work is impacting my personal life, with my partner, with my children, my, with my community, with my, my life outside work, and they see the wholeness of themselves come to life. And in some cases, people say, you, you've helped change my life, and I always go, no, it's actually, you did it. I just happened to give you a bit of insight for you to unlock that. Hmm. And that's amazing. So, so that's, the, that's the essence that, that keeps me going and, and, I, and, the, and the fuel that... Um, 
keep helping me do what I do. Um, and you know, I, I think I've got a pretty useful high performance mindset that that I that I attempt to at least try to be consistent in what I do and on my day to day behaviours, um, and bringing that to life with with passion and, and enthusiasm, but also a determination to go. Do you know what? Um, I'm going to make some successes and also some failures as well, and to learn. I think that's the the mindset people want to see being. Um, being role modelled consistently, and that it helps support people as they go through their journey. And you mentioned, you know, it, well, it's just fascinating hearing sort of your, your views and opinions. And you mentioned things around energy management. Are do high performance cultures? Is that something that's seen as a priority in terms of? Firstly, they focus on the employees' energy. They, they look at it so it's really important and. For instance, maybe if someone's ill, they will give them that time off. Or is it, you know, not, does it not look like that? I'm just, I'm just interested because you mentioned personal life as well. Um, so yeah. what are your thoughts around that? There's always that old saying, you, you don't know, you don't know. And it, it's like, you know, when I think have my HR business partner hat on and you go through the, that duty of care conversations and help leaders and managers make really informed decisions about what they should do for their individuals and their teams under whatever circumstance, et cetera, et cetera. You'll, you'll explore those sort of things. Will you use the language around energy? Will you use the language around making high-performance choices and, and where the individual might be at? Possibly not. But I suppose it's another level, so it's almost like peeling back the onion. Mm. And so once you go there and you have more insight to go deeper and to peel back more of those layers, then it offers a different lens. And, and that is the richness. That is the, um, the the quality, dare I say, or the or the levels of insight. People go, oh, I can understand this now from another point of view. So, in other words, you're not just following a process or policy or, or stuff that you should do because you've you've learned from your HR business partner or your other manager or your other coach or whatever. But actually, you're applying it to self. You you you're you're in the you're walking a mile in, the, in their moccasins, as it were to then go, okay, if I was applying the high performance principles to this conversation, to this situation of someone's low energy, poor energy, absenteeism at work, noticing that their, their performance goes in peaks and troughs through the course of a day or a week or whatever, it's, it's a lens that you once you put on, you can't really take off. And that's what I love about it, is that when you help people explore, again, it's always about themselves first. So they really jump into it themselves and they go, oh, okay. That once they then apply it to themselves, they can then consider it in others. So it becomes this, this, this learning process, which I think everyone who'll be listening to this, who there'll be some nods hopefully, and people sort of smiling, going, "Yep, is absolutely right." You will want to go through that learning, and you apply that on a day-to-day basis. You know, the applications are countless, and so it, it becomes a part of what you do as a high performer, um, and indeed with a high-performing mindset and principles that it helps look at things in very different ways and always are a very humanistic a very um uh individual and dare I say high performing lens and i i really like how you mentioned sort of having those high performance choices i think that's you know really interesting um way to look at it and you know one one thing that is interesting do, do you think everyone has to be a high performer in order to create a high performance culture <laughs> um i think Look, there will always, um, the answer is no. You know, you, you, not everyone all the time is going to be a high performer. You know, that's completely unrealistic. That said, high performance cultures will almost always reject those that, that fail to perform at some stage. And, and, and I'll, give a, I'll give an example to that. If you think of, 
I mean, a terrifically successful high-performing team, and I'm going to say this wedded here in, in New Zealand, is the All Blacks. You know, amongst the various aspects to their success, and um, there's a lot been written um, about them, and because it's, it's a fascinating test case, is they have a deeply entrenched high-performing principles where every individual um, must, as expected, apply those every single day on and off the field. Mm. So one could say, high performer every single day, yes, tick that box. Do they always get the results? Well, evidence would suggest over the last few years, yes, they do. So therefore, the outcomes of their high performance culture have been very positive. So um, yes, that would, that would definitely play to that point. But ultimately, there will be failures. There will be results you get, outcomes you, you achieve that are not to what is expected. So therefore, there'll be, a, you know, black and white about it, there's some, there are some failures. Does that strip away the fact that there are high performers um, getting failures? No, it, it, that's, the, that's a symptom of what happens. Um, so I think there's a, there's a subtle delineation there. And in terms of you know, high performance culture, do you, do you have any other reflections on your time in, in the cultures that you know, thought might be interesting to, to share with us? It's damn hard work, <laughs> let's be frank. Um, and you know the example I gave from when I first joined as a graduate and learned those tough lessons in an organ, in a big corporate, you know, for all of its fabulousness and all the foibles, you know, I learned some really bad lessons um, from from what not to do. And that's we all go through that, right? And that's totally fine because for me personally, that helped me. That projected, you know, um, a, a direction of um, wanting to make a difference and questioning. Um, practices that helped me, you know, uh, d develop sort of the high-performing mindset I have today. But, you know, I think, you know, look, breaking with tradition, disrupting thinking, and in many cases working against heavy legacy issues, each of which is, is super hard, let alone um, to not only go there, but to maintain it. Um, at times, it feels like a candle, you feel like you're a candle in the wind. You genuinely do. Um, and, and when I talk about legacy issues, what am I referring to, you know, um, I've worked for organisations with, with, with union and unions and um, who've had long, long arm of 20, 30, 40 years of old processes uh, where average tenure could be in the, not just five, 10 years as I have in some organisations, but 30, 40 years. So all of these things, if people have been brought up in certain ways and you come in with a different mindset, just like anything, any change process, it takes time. So, you know, the fundamental rethink, and I've used that language quite intentionally, um, you've got to take your time and you've got to do it at the right pace for the organization, but it, it is hard work. So, you know, if you're sitting on this call and listening and, and, and wanting to get embark on it, is really have a great um, deep dive as, as, to, as to the purpose, as to what you're trying to accomplish, and that's all great. But look and explore your performance context. What's going on in the business? What are the things that are really real for you? Because you're working with unions, for example, um, people say, oh, that must be really hard to get them on board. Well, the answer is not necessarily. You know, my most recent organization, they are really open to doing things in a way they're going to help support their individuals as any union would. So therefore, when you help them explore how this might benefit them and have benefit the, uh, the union, um, it's a perfect example of how you can work together. Um, old processes, absolutely. If you've got folks that have worked for 30 years and, and, and types of um, performance metrics to try and tweak that the way it's how it's um, applied again that will take a lot more time mm. so there's there's a whole um, range um, 
uh, of of things to review. But I think the, the the big thing I would just draw you know draw basis to is is that it is hard, but the benefits are massive. You know, w- when you start down this journey, and you know, with with the leadership population of those big communities that um, you'd be able to make some real quick wins on uh, on making small changes quickly through to that the, sort of bigger masses where you may have strong legacy reasons as to why moving them forward takes longer. You know, when you start playing each of those fields, you will have some successes. And when you do, you know, the, the momentum will start to be gained. And, and I think being strong, being um, resilient, but also you know, and allowing the ignition of that little candle in the wind to, to flame up and to, to take over and to be that contagion. You know, that is my, I suppose, my, my lasting and, um, advice. Uh, I'm, I'm really interested. There's something going through my mind in, in, in terms of, you know, high-performance cultures. Let's imagine you, you're in that culture and, you know, I'd like to think, you know, giving people and providing people with feedback is really important, but also speaking up and saying what you what you think and, and having an opinion. Do you have any advice for people who might be struggling with that, who might be sort of a, a bit worried or concerned in terms of expressing themselves? Great question. I, I think, yeah, I think I would get them to, there's a couple of things really. Number one is, is there someone they can pick up the phone to, um, maybe within their own business or maybe externally to help, um, as you said, that a picture of me came to mind. I'm not sure why, uh, but it was a, it's a lovely mental image actually going, yeah, sort of, is, is getting someone to sort of explore um, what's going on for them. You know, what, what, I, what I heard, what I saw in my mind when you said that was saying, this doesn't feel right or there's some potential change there. And, and like anything, you know, pick up the phone to a, a coach, a mentor, um, maybe someone to explore that with would be able to go to thing. The second thing was actually go to a trusted leader go to someone who's been around for a while and, and have that conversation, particularly someone that you know that is willing to, to, to listen and to explore with you. And you're not quite sure where you're going or, or maybe neither of you know we're going to get to, but you get to a really beautiful place of realization. That would be amazing too. Um, and maybe the third thing that, that came to mind is, is do some research, is, is go out there. You know, the, one of the joys of social media um, and, and do, the, 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 do the world we live in, which we have so much information at our fingertips, whether things like this podcast, um, there's journals out there, there's obviously lots of ways people can learn, and you know, even TED Talks and, and, and so forth. Um, and I think just go out there and, and think, w- what is out there that sort of resonates with what you're trying to express? And, and is it going to help you um, form a view or to, to get the right uh, messages such that you can be in a position to go, oh, okay, this is what I'm trying to say. So, so maybe some of those things will resonate. Uh, those are well all three are, are great tips and like i said it's it's brilliant to to be able to hear your your insight and your views and i i always like ending on a challenging question so um i i hope it wasn't um too difficult but you know angus it's been <laughs> it's been absolutely um brilliant to to gain your insight into the world um of high performance what you do um you know looking at a number of different things um from the era so it's it's been absolutely brilliant to um to have your time especially you're at the other side of the world um if people want to get in touch with you do you have social media or you know if people want to maybe even email you ask a few questions are you open to that i mean what's the best way of contacting you the probably the best thing is you know um i'm on linkedin uh angus jenkins at fonterra you see me there um well, it means you can email me at work, angus.jenkins at fonterra.com. More than happy to, to take your questions. And look, I'm, I'm a passionate believer in, in, in all things performance. You know, I'm, I'm blessed enough to have had some, 
successes and I've had some doozy little failures as well. And, and, and all along, I'm, I'm constantly learning. And, you know, as you, if for those folks who are jumping on LinkedIn and seeing my profile, there's some amazing organizations I've worked with in lots of different contexts. And I've done that very deliberately because high performance is completely performance related and it's a context through which um, different organizations, different size and scope, legacy and all that sort of stuff apply what they know and, and, and going down this extraordinary path. So there is lots to learn and lots to learn. And so, you know, the very fact that a common point is you guys at, at K2, you know, I've been massive ambassadors and fans and supporters of, of my K2 family for, you know, 15 years for a very good reason. Um, and, and anything I can do to help spread the word and to be your um, your partners out in the world and to help um, further your message, I will absolutely do. So happy to help anyone anytime. Well, Angus, thank you very, very much for your um, time. Again, thank you um, for your insight. It has been fantastic. Thank you very much indeed. Awesome. And um, for everyone for listening, hopefully we'll be um, back next month with our latest episode.